Today's episode of One Shining Podcast is brought to you, as always, by TheRinger.com. Dot com, dot com, dot com. Where Kevin O'Connor, who has graciously watched most of these last few NCAA tournament games with us, mm-hmm. uh, I think I think we watched the first two rounds by ourselves, but but KOC has been he's been hanging with the Duffel Bag Boys for mm-hmm. the Sweet Sixteen mm-hmm. and the Elite Eight. Um, he's an NBA guy. Uh, I I I respect him a lot for just diving into the college game. Yes, uh, but he's been watching with us, so I want to I want to plug his article that he wrote about Steph Curry, who hurt his knee, Tate. Yep, MCL injury. He, he hurt his knee. So yeah. Kevin O'Connor, you know, he's our NBA. He's the resident NBA guru here at TheRinger.com. and he uh, he said I'm going to write about what the impact of this of this knee injury is for the 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 Warriors. And I, you know, I haven't read the article. I assume it's bad. I assume that's the takeaway. I assume <laughs> the Warriors are usually better with Steph Curry. Is what yeah. I would take away from that. Are we sure though? Yeah, I don't know. Are but read sure? the article. Maybe, maybe they're not. Uh, so Thanks, check Kevin. that out. Check out KOC's art. He always, you know, you guys know the deal. You, if you're if you're listening to us, you know KOC. We we wouldn't plug NBA stuff unless we really believed in it. So mm. uh, go check that out. Also, we are brought to you by the Bill Simmons podcast, where Tate Frazier is a producer. Uh, what is coming up on the Bill Simmons podcast? Give the people a little tease. What can, what do we have to look forward to? Are we going to talk about where things are going? Are we going to talk about <laughs> mm-hmm. the Patriots? What 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 is on the docket? A little bit of both. And then uh, tomorrow morning, this is the tease. I'm waking up early tomorrow morning mm-hmm. after this long run of college basketball. I've been working every day with you. It's been great. Ooh, okay. Waking up tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. to go to the airport, to fly okay. north, to do an interview Ooh. with an NBA player. You're going north. He's an all-star. He's an all-star. He played in college basketball. He led. Dare we we say this is part like nine of the trilogy? (laughs) (laughs) I think it is, Of the trilogy that won't die. Yes. Okay, cool. It's like Scorcher in Tropic Thunder. This is Scorcher hmm, 6. Wow, you're giving the people a lot Mm -hmm. to think about. I wonder if they're going to be able to connect the dots on this one. Maybe. Mm, I don't don't know. know. I don't know. It'd be interesting. interesting. People will listen, maybe. Well, check that out. I guess you guys will have to listen to the Bill Simmons podcast to see who this NBA all-star is that he's going to sit down with. Or if you see like the location on my Twitter tomorrow and I'm in San Francisco. You can probably figure it out. Yeah, there you go. It'll be pretty easy. Very good. So check that out. Check out all the podcasts on the Ringer. Um, you know, we 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 do podcasts pretty well here, mm-hmm. if I if I may say so. Not, present company probably excluded, but we're um, trying. Most of the other people do great podcasts, so just subscribe to all of them. Uh, you, you, you're sure to find something you like, even if you hate us. You'll find somebody you like uh, Tate and I are going to break down the Final Four. We have our four teams. Tate Duke is not one of them. You are you are like holding back all of your excitement over there. You were, were cackling with delight. We were recording this like three hours after the Duke loss because I had to calm Tate down. I'd like put him in a straight jacket. He was just rolling around laughing so hard uh, mm-hmm. at at Bill Self putting clown shoes on Mike Krzyzewski tonight. Um, Coach K, stand up. <laughs> stand up. We're going to get into all of that. We're going to talk Final Four. We're going to, to recap all the Elite Eight games. But first, Woody Durham. He takes the timeout. Technical foul. Technical foul. Technical foul. The final four is here. It's set. Duke is not. It, I, it's with a heavy heart again that I say I'm. I'm sorry to, to report I was wrong. It is not Duke's year. Uh, it, it, it doesn't tear me up as much as I thought it might. I was going to be honest right now. You sound like you're like a little <laughs> bit more chipper than I expected. I expected you to come on this podcast, be very upset. Yeah, even, possibly even refuse strange. to do the podcast because of what happened today, which is Duke because- is officially out of the NCAA tournament. Everyone, calm down, take a deep breath, relax. This is We're not okay. A drill. We're okay. We're safe. I, I, I said all year it was Duke's year. It just felt like Duke's year. Even 
I'm still going to maybe stand by it being Duke's year. I'm going to go with your theory that Sister Jean prayed for the Devils to go away. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like how you brought that up uh, with, with Sister Jean on the last pod. Um, I did the Duke just felt too good. How could they possibly not? And they 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 figured it out with his own defense, Tate, and that was the story. And that's what I I bought into it. I bid on it, hook, line, and sinker. Also, just like the landscape of college basketball this year, we had a lot of okay teams mm-hmm. not a, not a ton of great teams like really no great team Villanova's looked great I think Virginia was pretty great at stretches um, they obviously weren't so great in the NCAA tournament I would argue we won't bring that up yeah. anymore uh, yeah that was tough um, so I just it felt like a Duke year like 20 you think back on like 2010 you, you like bringing that up where it was just kind of like I, I mean the, the best team in the country was like a Kentucky team that year that probably that had was led by a bunch of freshmen and there's a lot of unknowns in that going into that tournament Duke just kind of survived and that's how they won it and I felt like that was what was going to happen this year that's not what happened. And the interesting thing about 2010, we brought this up. It feels like a hodgepodge of 2010 and 2011. If you look at the finals this year and how everything has played out, Michigan, actually, as weird as it is, has sort of fallen into what Duke did in 2010, which is yeah. we're the hot team. We did have a pretty good regular season, but the tournament hits. We get hot. We start making shots. We're on a little bit of a run. Things sort of fall in our favor in our in our bracket. You know, we end up right. being the top seed coming out, you know, facing Florida State and nine seed to go to the final four. Like things sort of shaked out well for Michigan. And for Duke, it didn't, you know, and that's that's sort of where Oof. we get to to this point. Ooh, ooh, that hurts. Ooh, so um, to, to take on Kansas, a team that you know wins their 14th straight Big 12 title. Bill Self, you went into this game. You were you were ready to write the piece to say Bill Self, Bill Self yeah, maybe not so elite eight. You know, if he were to lose not his so, eighth yeah. game, live in the look elite at Bill eight. Self, yeah, live so look, do the whole thing, his shirt. Um, and he avoided all that, and that's because he actually outcoached Coach K today. This was the best game I've ever seen Bill Self coach. This was the best season of Bill Self's coaching career. I think Bill Self has officially shut everybody up about. I I've never thought Bill Self was a bad coach. I don't mean to. I'm going to backtrack on a lot of the things I've said, but I've never once like got on Bill Self. The, the part I was bringing up about the me, I just, you know, I, I can't resist making memes. Like, I'm going to make jokes about him yes. losing the Elite Eight. Yes. But I've never felt like I, I've always been on the side of making the Elite Eights is impressive. The fact that you've made 10 Elite Eights is insane. The you're fact capitalizing that, yeah. on the meme. Yeah, I was that, that's the all you're doing. So, uh, this was an incredible job by Bill Self this season. Uh, this is one of the worst Kansas teams he's ever had. I, I stand by that. Um, I, I watched the... I'll, I'll backtrack, and I already backtracked on the, the Kansas thoughts I had. We watched them play in the Champions Classic. I always bring that up because Kansas played Kentucky. A lot of people come out of that game saying... Wow, both the, that was a great game. Both these teams mm-hmm. look good because like, it was close. Yeah, because it was close. That was a, and you and I looked at each other yeah. like that was a garbage basketball mm-hmm. game, and neither team looked very good. Uh, and I, I, I was not in on Kansas at all this year. And then I around January, February, I started thinking somebody has to go to the Final Four. I was like out on. I, I realized I'm out on basically every team. People forget season. the Final Four always happens. There will be a there Final Four no matter teams. what. Yeah. So I slowly like started my talking myself back into Kansas. Um, but I still don't think this team like talent wise should be this good. I don't think they should have beat Duke if you look at it on paper. And it's just a testament to how good Self did in this game. I mean, we could go through like each of his decisions. I mean, he's he's throwing out triangle and twos. He's throwing mm. zones out there. He Coach K was I'm gonna let you I don't want to I don't want to step on your toes here because I know you're licking your lips with the, for the opportunity to rip on Coach K. But this was I'm not sure what there there wasn't a single coaching decision this man made in this game where you're like, okay, good job, K on that on that call. Yeah, it was one of those things where Coach K sat down, which is uh, 
This is very interesting when you look at how Duke handles games and how Kay handles games and, and sort of how he coaches. In this game, he was very docile. You know, he yeah. was sitting down. He was making a lot of calls like he was commanding the game from his chair. Bill Self is up and about spry, you know, right. coaching his team, trying to get these guys figured out. And they're running these same plays against Duke, which which is one of the like Kay's staples is I'm going to take a timeout. I got to stop this. And and they get kept getting the same backcourt back cut action with, right. with Malik Newman where they get him this three in the corner. And no matter what they were doing, they were drawing up these inbounds place to get that same action and it somehow with this 2-3 zone this 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 top defense that we've been talking about the past few weeks where Duke's you know 2-3 defense is unstoppable even though we've pretty much figured out that it's just put four guys up and it's try to even, press them out it's, it's not even a real 2-3 it's, not even, at this two, point. it's yeah. not even a zone that's yeah. the, the frustrating part with the, the zone and and I bought into the Duke zone like it mm-hmm. was working so I'm not I know I know a lot of people are like Titus you were talking about how great Duke's defense was but and I zone, was but the zone but is working because they're scoring I also, also and they, right. they have great offense I also brought up like all along that that you know, every time Carolina was about to play Duke, I'd always joke like Luke May is going to torch him in the high post because mm-hmm. if you actually like watch Duke play defense, there are so you can get open shots very easily. Yeah. They have no idea what the hell they're doing. The reason I bought into like the zone working was because at a certain point, it doesn't matter. You know, it's not about the X's and O's. It's about the Jimmys and Joes, as we say. And Duke's so long, so athletic. They have five NBA guys out there at all times that I felt like the zone worked for them enough that they would have then carried them to a national title. I, there was never a point where I was like, Duke is going to win a national championship on the back, on the strength of its defense. That The zone was never that good. Um, and, and tonight we saw that the zone, it's not even a zone. It's a, we have, we literally have no idea what to do defensively. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that's the shocking part to me with coach Gay is that, so many people were like applauding the balls on this. You know, it's he is, we have a seventy-year-old legend. He's been doing man-to-man his whole mm-hmm. life, mm-hmm. but to adapt to the modern game, yeah, that just shows the genius of Coach K. And if that was what he actually was doing, I would agree. I would be like, damn, this is. I think Coach K has adapted in a lot of ways, and that I, I will stand by saying he's the greatest coach who's ever lived. Um, but this was not a case of Coach K adapting to you know his personnel or whatever. This was a case of Coach K saying. We don't have shit that works. We have nothing. Mm-hmm. We can't. We can't figure out anything defensively. I'm just gonna throw my guys out there, kind of give them a little pointers. And during this this Kansas game, they're running the two three. It becomes like a four one mm-hmm. where they keep one guy back. Bill Self, who for years has been has been great at two three sets. Like that's his thing. His zone sets. You watch Kansas play. Something like they had their struggles against uh, uh, Washington this year against a two three. That's more because they get like they shoot. They want to jack threes, but you, but, but you can go back to the they played Syracuse down in that Miami right. the Miami yeah. Heat arena and they blew them out and they had a great but game against they, the zone because they hit threes. They always yeah. self always has the baseline out of bounds, mm-hmm. sideline out of bounds. They've mm-hmm. always got the sets ready. Uh, so they coming into this, they know Duke's going to push up, do the four, basically four guys above the free throw yeah, line, cheat up and try to beat us. He's just throwing lobs to Azubuke. Mm-hmm. He, he's they're carving up the zone. And Kay's adjustment isn't like, okay, so now here's what we're going to do to fix this. His, his adjustment is like, ah, shit, I guess we better put someone there. And they, they start like throwing Grayson into the, the, the high post. It becomes like a 1-3-1. It beca- and then you, you start seeing like ball movement from Kansas, and there is no zone. It's, like a, it lo- it's just a fire drill is what it looks like. They're just run- Everyone's just running around out there. And, I mean, Kansas knew this. If you actually studied the tape which you know I did because I'm a basketball junkie and I, I take my job very seriously. I, I get in there with the clicker and I'm fast mm-hmm. forward and rewinding. And, uh, with no, no I mean, in all seriousness, like you watch it, you're like, there are shots to be had against Duke. It's just a matter of not— Will you make them? Will you make them? Mm-hmm. Do you make shots? Mm-hmm. And Kansas carved them up uh, all night. And, and that was that's why I think like Self was—he's he, he's throwing out defensive. You know, he's doubling Bagley. You're a big fan of that. Mm-hmm. You, 
I have been saying at the start of this podcast when I looked at this Duke team, the way to beat them is to double Bagley because mm-hmm. you have to make Bagley make a decision, right? When he has two guys, especially when you have this Kansas team where they're basically playing four guards and one big guy. So it's Azubuki who's out there who's you know just trying to make it up and down the court every single time because he's so worn out and tired. The best yeah. part about Azubuki in this game is his tiredness. Like somehow, wore, like it, it got infected, and Wendell Carter started getting tired too. He's like <laughs> everybody. Like, he's, he's like, I'm pretty tired too. I'm, I don't want to do this. Um, I think the difference in this game, and when I talked about K and what happened with him himself, was you go into this game and you look at these two teams and you say, well, Duke has two elite big men that are going to carve mm-hmm. these guys up. How is Kansas going to match up with them? Well, Svee Mikhailuk's going to have to guard Bagley, but not really, because every single time that happens, Graham or Newman or whoever it was, it's going to help out every single time. They're going to double him, as we said before. But Carter, when he gets in foul trouble, Duke ends up having to match up with Kansas. So they put in DeMaurier, yeah. and now they're playing into the hands of Bill Self, and now they're playing a smaller lineup. They didn't trust Bolden. And then Bill Self goes triangle, too, for a few possessions when yep. Dolore comes in. And then they tried O'Connell. And, like, Kay was reacting to everything Self, was, self doing. was doing. And Self and was doing, that's he, why he was, was so him into it. It was that's why that's why I think there's the, the the best coach game I've ever seen from Bill Self. Every single move, and it wasn't a case that so often like when coaches pull an upset, you're like, damn, that coach. And and this wasn't technically an upset. I know I'm, I don't mean to disparage Kansas team, but like there are other times where like a coach will pull an upset, and mm-hmm. and you'll you'll say, damn, what a masterful job by this coach, where. He didn't really do anything. Like, like maybe one of his players just pulled shots out of his ass, and you're like, "Damn, coach, great, great call on that one." This was a game where like self was at, like every every decision he made had a purpose. He he actually put thought in. He understood exactly what he was doing. Um, and, and like every single decision worked out. And that's why like it was such a masterclass to me. And I'm being serious. And I and, and it feels. Uh, I guess if you watch the game, it's not necessarily a controversial point, but um. I, I just I make a lot of sarcastic remarks on here. And I don't want no, people. You were, I don't want people to think I'm joking. Yeah. Like, this say, was it was yeah. amazing. It was amazing to see like you could see the wheels turning and like the smirk was like I know what I'm doing and not like a goddamn I'm gonna lose in the elite eight again smirk. It was like a yes th- my time is now and you see like him pumping the fists and all that kind of stuff. It and was I, awesome. And I kind of want to take a step back to with this Kansas team. I know a lot of people have you know we've been on this podcast and you talked about the Champions Classic when we started. We we looked at Kansas and the problem that we had was. They don't have an in, an inside out game, which is what Bill Self kind of wants with this team. Right. Granted, he has these four guards to put around, but as a bouquet, we didn't know if, how how much we could trust him in the tournament. First of all, DeSosa at this point wasn't even on the team when we're watching these guys, and then they had the Billy Preston mystery, which we've covered, yeah. you know, ad nauseum on this program. Oh, thank God that Billy Preston did not play much of this. You know, and, and just think God about it. Didn't jeopardize. Ugh. I think the, the, all the stars have aligned for this Kansas team this season because yeah. if you have Preston on the bench, then you're in this Carlton Bragg situation where I'm trying to find minutes for this guy. I'm rolling him out there. He's really hurting us. You know, we have six minutes of him out there, and it really hurt the team. I was I was talking less about hurting them now and more hurting them like four years from now <laughs> when, <laughs> when evidence comes to light. That's what uh, I that's what I meant more. Than this is called it, it works both ways. Yeah. It's a double entendre, as they say. Uh, I just want to say DeSosa. I was so impressed with this kid. I don't even like I didn't expect anything from him this is a January enrollee yeah. somehow they got into Kansas straight out of high school mm, you know a, a year genius. early just a genius. genius you know something that we should really talk about um, but he had this great game today and he matched up so well with his team as a bouquet was great he fouls out of the game um, I just want to talk about like some of the moments so Carter hits that big three right there Duke's down yeah, 62 yeah. 61 
Carter hits the big three. They take the lead, 64 to 62. We're looking at each other. Okay, Duke's going to go on the run. This is about five minutes mm-hmm. left in the game. This is it. This is when Duke finally goes on the you know 7-0 run, and they get ahead, and Kansas kind of like tightens up, and the game is over. But for whatever reason, this Kansas team, a team that Bill Self had called soft, a team that he didn't <laughs> even believe in. You know, I love all these Kansas fans now. They're like, you guys called him out. It's yeah, like, your coach, your coach did. He called him soft uh, at one point. And meanwhile, Kansas is back-cutting this team, diving for loose balls, right. not giving up on rebounds, tipping the ball out. FEMA Kylo gets 15 wide open threes before he finally hits one to tie the game. Oh. Um, it, there was just so many things that Kansas did where they did the extra right. little dirty stuff that Self had been saying earlier in the season they didn't do. My heart was going to break so badly for for the Ukraine maker uh, if he didn't hit that that last one that he took. Oh my God. Yeah, they're tied at he 72. Had so many opportunities for daggers. And he's stepping on every side. He's stepping <laughs> on the baseline. He's stepping on the sideline. He's missing open threes. I was like, oh, oh. The, the, the way Duke went out. Has to be satisfying for for a fan for a Duke hater such as yourself to have um, Grayson go. What was he three for thirteen? I want to say Grayson was three for thirteen, two for nine, but four for four from the free throw line. Of course, he had the big free throws down the stretch, you know, yeah. to give him the lead because it, it felt like it was the perfect version of this game where Grayson it, Allen draws fouls, goes right. to the free throw lines, hits his free throws. Duke wins the game, and everyone's like, good job by Grayson closing this one out. What a senior move. We have Duke losing on uh, the Wendell Carter block call was a huge – it, it was a terrible call. Mm-hmm. You, you could say it object, like Just absolutely. laugh at it. Yeah, it was an absolutely terrible call. There was not a time in my life that I can remember where there was a 50-50 I wouldn't even say this was a 50-50 charge call. This is a 80-20. This is right. 100% a charge. The dude Wendell Carter has his hands straight up in the air. He looks like a stick man. He's been staying there for at least five minutes. And somehow, you know, they call this block. And the best thing about Coach K, and I say this with love, is that Coach K never lets official get away with something. <laughs> a, a slight. A slight against him, he will never get away with. And every single official that's on that sideline running down next to K, it's their nightmare. They don't want to deal with that. So they get the block call. Carter gets his fifth. He comes out of the game. It's amazing he even made it to overtime. Azubuki has already fouled out uh-huh. at this point. Um Pulls him out. K immediately calls a timeout. And you're thinking, well, he probably just wants to get his team together and say, hey, guys, we lost Wendell, but we're going to come back. Deloria is going to come in get this thing going. That's what most coaches might do. That's not what K's doing. He has not looked at one of his players. He's looking for his, the closest official, and he's like, come here, you little <laughs> Do you love your family? How much do you love them? How much do you love your family? And they're like about to cry. They're like, I coach, I, I really didn't want him to call that. I knew it was a charge. I'm so, so sorry. And but Kay, like he did that. He yells at him, shits on him, and nothing changes. And usually there's a drastic change. Like usually Coach K he carries such authority that he has that moment, and then all the officials are like, we got to fix this. Thing. We got to get this thing going. We got to get things going on the right, you know, the right track that's at this what, point. That's what I mean. It, it had to have been beautiful for you that a pivotal call. It didn't work. A pivotal call went against This is Duke. the first time. I've never seen it not work. K yells at the ref. I'm at a loss for it words. It doesn't work. Yeah. Uh, Grayson gets the game-winning shot at the end of regulation, and and – I wouldn't say chokes, but like gets comp- like he gets the ball. They do the ISO clear out, and it's like this is my time. This is where I submit myself in NCAA tournament lore, hitting this pull up. And he tries to make a move, and he's like, "Shit, I can't get open." And then he he just kind of puts his head down and tries to do a bull and a China shop thing and throw it out. Kind of what he did against Virginia a couple years. I think it was a couple, maybe it was last yeah, year. I get my years it was mixed up. Twenty fifteen, I think. Yeah, yeah. The Virginia team ago, when they beat him in a yeah when yeah. they beat him in Durham on the. Mm-hmm. Kind of does that thing where he's like, I'm going to put my head down, drive, and just kind of shoot a little seven-foot thing, try to bank it in. Um, misses that. He's like three for 13 on the game. And on top of all that, Duval. 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 
who, uh, you know, just his the sheer fact that he goes by the name that he does has mm-hmm. pissed you off mm-hmm. all season. Mm-hmm. Um, has the I don't huge, think it's just pissed me off. I think it's upset has the America. huge three in the corner in the overtime mm-hmm. to tie it. I believe to take the lead. It was to take the lead. Yes, in overtime. Yes, and that's Duke, right. Er, everything's rolling. We're back. Duke is back. That was it's the shot. Like that was yes. the shot. Yes, that goes like, in. It's and like everyone, like, calm down. We're good. Someone slapped the floor. Let's and get our hands it. up. Yeah. Let's play some defense. So and, just, that had to be delicious for you. And none of it happened. And that's what I, I oh, say man. all this to say. I remember when Gordon Hayward took that shot in 2010. That's why it all comes back. And that's why this year <laughs> reminds me so much. 2010. When Gordon Hayward took the shot, it it banks off, hits the front of the rim, goes out. Duke wins the national title. I sat down and I was like, oh my God, I can't believe we've gotten here. How did this team win a national title? Everything I've ever thought about basketball was wrong. And that's how this tournament has made me feel a little bit. Until Grayson Allen took that shot today. And, you're and like, first of all, I I knew that he was going to get the foul call. I just knew it. I was like, of course he's going to get a foul here. He's going to do that. You know, I, I'm, I'm flopping all over the place. I get the foul. Doesn't get the foul call. Puts the shot up. It goes everything. But it, it has to hurt for Grayson. I know. It goes all the way down and out. Comes out. He looks shocked. He looks shook. And I think from there... I just think Duke did not know what to do. I think they could not believe the shot did not go yeah. in. Um, I think that they thought that it was going to go. Everything played out perfectly for Duke to hit that shot for them to wonderful. win, for Bill Self to have coached this amazing game and it still not be enough to beat Duke because they were talented enough to win this game. And we're sitting here and Kansas made it. I, I can't say believe it. it. I got to say it. There goes my bracket. <laughs> <laughs> there goes my bracket now. Oh, man. It was uh, definitely the game of the tournament. And, yes. Um, this is what we wanted in every single we were eight. We were focused in on the Kansas Duke game. Let's pull the conversation back out to a broader topic yes. of just the overall feel of the tournament where you said to me, and I agreed, I'm not in agreement, I keep. I don't want to throw you under the bus here, that if Texas Tech and can or Texas Tech, if te- basically if Texas Tech beat Villanova, we were, as, as we were watching the Florida State game, we were like, if Florida State and Texas Tech both make the Final Four, just cancel the season. Mm-hmm. Just can't just mm-hmm. erase it from the history books. Or at least and, let us know that the regular season doesn't matter. Uh but the 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 point was like this whole tournament to Tate and I has has not been good basketball. Yes. Um there there are a ton of fun stories. We've made this point before, but I'm just gonna reiterate it. That like UMBC, awesome story. Fun we're we're there for that. Love Lo- Lyles. Loyola, great yeah. story. Awesome. They won the they won the title in '63. Mm-hmm. Um, they're a sleeping giant. We caught them. We, we wanted them yeah. to come back. Great story. Michigan's like they're all these great stories. All four of these fan bases are like, what do you mean the tournament sucks? It's awesome. My team keeps winning. The basketball has not been good in mm-hmm. a lot of these games. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ma- the matchups that we want aren't happening. We want to see the Titans go together and and meet and you know have no idea what's going to happen in these games. Um, the reviews are taking, I mean, my God, with these with these reviews at the end of every game. The last two minutes of every single game takes forty five minutes. It's and and you throw all this the, the officiating. They're calling every every single offensive foul except for the Wendell Carter. Like that's mm-hmm. that's probably why I was shocked more than anything. Beyond just the Duke part, it was like officials can't resist making charge calls, especially when they've been doing this whole thing where like the officials may know that it's not the right call, but they've been calling it this yeah. way all season, so they have to make the call. Like that was that was a that was a charge all season, right? Every single every, person all says season, that's a charge. charge. Yeah, like yeah. Wendell Carter. And I. He and, could have gotten his fifth foul at other times. Right. I will say that, but that was not the time to get his fifth foul. And I say that to say, like anybody who knows 
where I stand on any of this stuff. Like I hate charge. I hate people that take charges. Mm-hmm. I hate the, the concept of a charge. I want it to go away. But like, if we're going to call it all season, like, I don't know that call. Is and it's the originator. But, like this, this is the team that does that. So we're yeah. not to get that call. But, but the tournament at large was just, it was not a product that I would say, you know, in, in 20 years from now, and, and someone was like trying to get into college basketball and they're like, give me some, you know, give me a tournament. I should go back and watch to like get a feel for what college basketball was like. Mm-hmm. I would not point them to the 2018 tournament. And you can say, Titus, you're just saying that because Ohio State lost and you're salty and, you're, and Michigan's blah, 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 Virginia, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Maybe. My response would be Ohio State loses in every tournament. We haven't even been in a lot of these tournaments. Mm-hmm. Like, I, if that was the case, I would be salty at every tournament. I've loved a lot of tournaments. This, I have not loved this tournament. Um, and to be fair, you haven't even like brought up Ohio State to me in, random, no. in, in just conversation. So yeah. I don't think you're jaded by it. No, I may be jaded. I, I knew Ohio State would like. I was happy to be here. It was fine. Like mm-hmm. I, it's just like the quality of play across the board has not been great. Um, and I say all that to say Kansas Duke is what we wanted. Mm-hmm. This is this is the kind of game that we wanted. We wanted two teams that have a ton of talent that uh that have have been good all year or, or shown flashes. Like they're that at some point in the season you're like that is a national championship team. Um. And it goes to overtime, and it's great. I mean, we should mention, like, the start of this game was kind of... Uh, Terrible. How many air, air balls were in this game? Yeah. It, it was unbelievable. It was very bad. Um, But this is what we wanted. And 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 I, I guess, like, that's a conversa- a, a larger conversation. Like, I, I totally get casual fans listening to this are doing a jerking-off motion, and they're like, we, oh, well, poor, poor baby, you don't get your blue blood matchups. I get it. When I watch, like, the NFL, I don't care about football that much. So when I'm watching the NFL playoffs... I also want the underdogs. I was cheering for mm-hmm. the Jaguars to win the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be a funny story, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But the same, like people who cover the NFL are the same way. They're like, we. It, it kind of like devalues the sport when the the you, you know if Loyola wins the title, like it's all. It, I I totally get it's awesome for the casual fans. But you and I are looking at each other like, what the hell is the point of us even talking about college basketball here? If just Loyola rolls in with the ninety eight year old on the sideline clapping for him and. And Bill's going to replace us on this podcast with that email listener that said Loyola right. is going to go to the final game. We're, we're just, uh, we're just insecure about it. Um, so that's, <laughs> but that, but I think that's true of every sport. Like the people who are diehard fans of the sport, at the end of the day, you want the teams that you've been watching all mm. season that have been like one and two, bouncing around yeah. top five, you, like you going up see and them down, meet. getting hot. Yeah, it's, like, it's like a TV show. You got these main characters, mm. and it's it's building towards like a, a face off between the two main characters. Only instead, it's like the one guy who had like three lines. And the first episode of season two is now popping back up. And yeah, like, like, he's the main player. You're yeah, like, what? Like, oh, that guy? What's the point? Of, you know? Yeah. So that's kind of where Tate and I have stood. And uh, all that is to say that Kansas-Duke was the reason we felt that way. Uh, we are back in on the tournament now. Kansas-Villanova is going to be an absolutely insane game. They're, they're basically the exact same team, except Azubuke can jump higher and then, dunk. Then Spellman. And Spellman can mm-hmm. step out and hit threes. But mm-hmm. otherwise, they're like the, basically the exact same team. And they're built the same way, which is basically four guys, four guards, four wings, whatever you want to call them, with one big man to get in there and get dirty, get some rebounds, get some easy buckets to get your offense going. Um, I just want to talk about... Vic and Newman, those two guys. Yeah. I mean, I know Devontae Graham. I, I can get into that a little bit more. He's been awesome for this team. He hasn't had the best tournament. I think he had a good game today. He kind of kept his team together. He's almost like a commander of his troops. Right. You know what I mean? But he, he needs the troops to do it. Like he, He's got so much attention on him as the number one option that now he can't really be the guy to score, but he wants to get these guys involved. And Newman has 32, which is unbelievable. 5 for 12 from 3, you know, 11 to 12 from the free throw line. Hit some big free throws down the stretch. And LeGerald Vic, for, for all the stuff that you know goes on with LeGerald Vic. I know a lot of people have made comments about he's like on and off. You never know if he's going to show up or not. 
Well, he you showed up. If, he showed up in this game. I mean, you never know if he's the X factor of the glue guy. Yeah, exactly. Everyone's up in the air. They're like, I don't know what to do with this <laughs> guy. Um, is he Josh Jackson? I'm not sure. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's the same guy somehow. <laughs> they do the exact same things. Uh, but Legerald Vic had a an, had an awesome game too. And those two guys pretty much won the game for Kansas. And I know that everyone's going to talk about Graham and Svee Mikhailuk, and obviously Svee hit the big three late. But uh, those two guys were awesome. Yeah. Congrats, yeah. congrats, Kansas fans. <laughs> um, you did it. We'll keep doubting you. Keep, yeah. to, keep doubting us. I love that every single person that's made it to the Final Four has now said that we've us. doubted them. We've doubted you, yes. I guess we haven't doubted Villanova. We've never really doubted Villanova. Um, I, that's probably not true. I, at one point, I was I probably said, like, hey, Villanova, you shoot 36 threes a game. Mm-hmm. Um, what happens if you don't hit those threes? Maybe you'll lose. Let's and talk then, about And then it. the Villanova fans are like, Oh, what, 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 come on. I think you and I are just insecure. I think, I think this is a good sign for us. I think we've, we've, the duffel bag boys have risen to a level mm-hmm. where when, when someone wins, their first thought is like, I want to tweet at, at Tate Sidus yeah. to tell him to suck it. Mm-hmm. And that's a good thing. Yeah. It's a good thing. I'm fine with that. I think the more people you have hating you in life, the more successful you are, right? Mm-hmm. There's, Hate there's, us because they hate us, right? Is yeah, that what they say? Uh, yeah. That's what is that they how say. it works? Yeah, I think so. I'm not sure. Um, yeah, let's talk about Villanova, Texas Tech real quick. Well, you just mentioned if Villanova misses threes, how are they going to win games? Well, folks, we just saw it. They we missed threes out, yeah. and they beat Texas Tech by, you know, God knows how much, 15 at this point, I think. I don't even have the final score in front of me. It helps that Texas Tech's offense was anemic. It helps that, like, all these athletes that Texas Tech has are really, really good at jumping and providing highlight dunks and even and playing defense. maybe not and doing the skills part of basketball, which is like finishing part, a layup, uh, maybe yeah. tipping the ball back in, mm. maybe taking a jump shot and making it, it every once out, in a while. You don't get points for jumping really high. Mm. You do if you catch it and dunk it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's... Uh, so, that was tough. Yeah, not a great game. And this is, to our point again, about like this the quality of play. Like this Texas Tech-Villanova game was not fun to watch for long stretches. But even as we were watching it, we were like, we felt Texas Tech... They've hit their ceiling. Like the right. Elite Eight for Texas Tech, first of all, in, uh, for the program, it's amazing for them to make an Elite Eight. Chris Beard's had a great year. They knocked Purdue out, one of the teams that people considered a perennial contender the entire year. That's a great year for Texas Tech. But you could feel it in this game against Villanova. They were outmatched. They felt like they were yeah. rushing a little bit. They obviously knew that they were in the Elite Eight. They were a little bit anxious, a little bit nervous. We saw it with Florida State a little bit too, like when they were playing Michigan. It's just right. the moment is very big. You're playing the Elite Eight to go to the Final Four. Your team is just realizing that. They are the pioneers of your program to do something right. like this. It gets in your head. It affects you. And then we get bad games. We get sloppy turnovers. We get missed layups. And, you know, if you're Villanova, you take advantage and you win. Villanova... Um is is good. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to collect my thoughts here. Yeah, their offense. That was the concern. Was the the, the live by the three, die by the three. Villanova's obviously live by the three. They've they've sold out. Like they know that they shoot a ton of threes at this mm-hmm. point. Like it's it's no secret. It's not like it's not like they just kind of put their head down and just start playing games and just kind of see what comes to them. And then at some point in mid January, they looked up and like, damn, we shoot a ton of threes. Like all of this was by design. Um, and they were unapologetic about it. You know, like every single guy on the team, Jay Wright included is like, yeah, we shoot a ton of, we're good at it. I mean, we're shooting 40% from the three point line. Why would we not shoot threes? So the concern all year is like, you're in a one and done format, NCAA tournament, cold nights happen. Sometimes you don't hit shots. Is Villanova going to die by the three? We found out tonight. They, they did not hit shots. They were very bad at, at the outside shooting, and they did not die um, because their their offense is so good. It's not just three point shooting. It's 
Jaylen, they have a point guard who can post guys up. This guy has to be National Player of the Year, Tate. I can't believe people have been arguing anything else. <laughs> have they? Oh, my God. I haven't heard this. Jalen Brunson, National no, I'm Player of the Year? I'm standing by. All Stand the people tweeted at me. I'm standing by Marvin Bagley deserves National Player of the Year. Um, but again, Jalen Brunson is the second best player. That's very good. I'm saying very good things about him. He's incredible. He posts up. They have a point guard. They have a center in Spellman who steps out and shoots threes with a hand in his face. And they have a point guard in Brunson who posts up on the low block and gets buckets on anyone guarding him. How do you guard any of these guys? That's the uh, yeah. That's the opposite well, how do you of what usually happens. Yeah, that's not how it usually. Usually, it's the big guy posting. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. If you've watched basketball, that's not how that usually works. Um, I was gonna say this about Bagley too. I mean, today was the stage to take that national player of the year. Yeah, it like, was. Th- this it was. was the game. But it wasn't. It wasn't to go against Azubuki and and those guys and to be getting it wasn't doubled. Ne- and, in Bagley's defense, it wasn't necessarily his fault. He was getting doubled. Um, it could have helped if he used his right hand at any point. Yeah. Like as soon as he gets doubled, he's like, I'm just going to dribble left and, and in giant and, circle, in a circle, and then throw it to someone in the corner or do a hook shot and hope it goes. His, in. his idea of going right is taking like three lefts, you know, <laughs> yeah. and he just like just dribbles in a circle, and then he ends up with the uh, you know, if he would have just gone right. Uh, but the but impact he, was, he had on the game with Duval, though, I mean, he yeah. he basically helps Duval have he's a twenty point Duval game. Had twenty points. Yeah. Yeah, Bagley Bagley played well. I thought tonight. Yeah, he he had a moment. He was getting really pissed off, and I I, I thought we were gonna get the moments of with like eight minutes left um, as they were making their run. Yeah, Bagley was like like he was getting frustrated at everything. Uh, I I thought it was coming. He was just gonna start dunking on the world, and then it just didn't happen. He so, just missed a couple just, free throws. Uh, and yeah, his so Duke mm-hmm. Duke just didn't have the parts this year. Five NBA guys just wasn't enough. Do you think, and I know this is a quick tangent, do you think this hurts Coach K's legacy? This this little this iteration, season? this little run. No, I mean, just, like th- the, there's, there's like a three-year, four-year window of, of what's going on with Coach K, which is Coach K had this beautiful thing where he came in in 1980 to Duke. He took a program that was, you know, basically the little brother to North Carolina for a little for a good amount of time and he takes them and he's got these like scrappy guys that uh-huh. work hard he takes them to the next level he's known for coaching guys up not getting the best players and teaching defense and basically playing team defense and all this sort of stuff and now he's getting the best players they're just filtering into their program like it's nothing three straight number one classes hold he on dude hold on hold on are you going down the Zion we already did this on the Zion Williamson pod that was a cringe fest, man. It was a cringe. It fest. was so cringy it how you guys cringy. talked about Come Coach on. K and like, it was cringe, on, man. Bro. Come on. Come on. What do you mean he's lost his step? What do you mean he's he's hurting his legacy? He's hurting mean? his legacy right now. I mean, of course he is. He's hurting his legacy because he, he just got out coached by Bill it's, Self yeah. on a big stage with out. a better it's, team. It's fine. It's I mean that's running what, a two three zone. That's what he wants. That's fine. That's what I mean. I think sitting down. I've, as I've said about K, getting walked over. As I've said about K and Cal. They, what they're not playing the same game as every other coach, and I don't know what game. Like they're they're playing like some sort of brand game. They're playing like larger than life. They're, they're not trying. I, from my understanding, they're not trying to win national championships. They are obviously trying to win national championships eventually. It's the that cherry is not on priority. Top. That is not priority number one. Priority one is build some sort of brand. Get guys to the NBA. We're going to be like the destination spot for all the best players like that's that's the priority number one for both of them and that's fine like if that's what if that's what k is setting out to do he's doing it wonderfully like we talk about duke all year i thought it was duke's year i'm gonna think it's duke's year next year even though their their parts don't match up at all and they're gonna have a shitty team and gonna struggle and not play defense well and all that kind of stuff i'm two, still gonna think it's their year 2002 year. coach k would have never sat idly by today no, well, all this played out. Of course not. And I can't believe that it happened i really can't i, I and he doesn't seem as affected by it i know that you know 
I guess it's like getting fat and happy. It's almost gluttony at this point. He's gotten so far ahead of everyone else yeah. that it doesn't matter. Like, you know, he's passing every single record. He is setting every single record. And, and at this point, is he's kind of fine. But I think that Coach K, if he is going to be like when Coach K leaves Duke, it is over. Like there's going like it, like the, like like he is the pinnacle. He if you think that he is the greatest coach of all time, which I I would argue, you know, there's some reasons why he's not. But you know, I know a lot of people believe that. Yeah. But if he doesn't leave Duke with at least, you know, like he may be the last guy to take Duke to the national championship. You know, we, we don't know that. Like the program is Coach K's program. It is Shoseskiville. It is yeah. Coach K centric. It is You're everything being, about him. These yeah. are his, this is his last run. This is like everything he's supposed to do. This is a long marathon. And he's trying to make a big sprint to the end with all these top players and try to make his mark, yeah. try to get Hall of Fame NBA guys. And he just looked passive today. And I, I, say that, is, yeah. I say that I'm disappointed yeah. because you have convinced me, you would convince me that this year was the, the was typical the Duke, Duke, North Carolina, we switch out, you know, who wins, you know, 2009, 2010 type of thing. And I thought it was all going to happen. I thought it was, it was all setting up for this and Coach mm-hmm. K let me down. And I, the point, and if I defend us again, um, because again, we're, we're going to have Duke people, oh, it's so cringy. You're so, it's so, you, I can just Why feel is it cringy hatred. that I'm, I'm upset that he let, yeah. I think he um, let us all down. But what I'm going to say is like, Duke's not winning anything. Mm-hmm. That's the point. That's the big takeaway. Is like we're not haters of Duke. Like they're oh, like they win another national championship. And we're like, oh man, we got to talk shit about this team because we're so jealous of how they win everything. They don't win ACC titles. They don't win national titles. They won one. They won the one in 2015. They went all in on the one and done thing. They have zero Final Four since. With all the with all every single year, they're the team that everyone talks about. It's them in Kentucky. Um, and, this, and, this and, when they, and when they won in 2015, everyone basically said, this is the formula. Case, yeah, that's what I'm saying. figured it out. Like, they're going to do this every single year and run it back. K was dipping his toes yeah. in the water. Uh, even the 2015 team, the way it was constructed, was not a one-and-done team. No, it was Quinn it Cook was, as a senior. And it, was, up, yeah. it was Okafor was a one-and-done guy. Winslow, Jefferson. Winslow was maybe a one-and-done guy. Yeah. Jones was not a one-and-done guy. Mm-hmm. And they just played so well, like they had to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but he didn't. He, that was, he was dipping his toes in the water. He's like, okay, okay, Jeff, if you're saying... And we then should, he won the title and he's like, all right, okay, we're, we're this all in. This is what we're doing. <laughs> yes, and then yes. since you go all in... They've done nothing, and I say that from disappointment as well. Like I, I get excited about Duke every single year. It's going to happen again next year. I, they're going to bring in the top three guys. I'm going to look at that roster. I'm going to be like, it's Duke's year. Here we go. I'm going to, we're going to talk on the podcast. I'm going to rub it into you that these guys look great. Who's going to stop them? They, they find like mid February is going to roll around and be like they're figuring out the defense, Tate. And then they're not going to make the Final Four again, and we're going to be right back here. And everyone's going to be like, you guys are haters because you're pointing out that the greatest coach of all time somehow cannot get five NBA players to a Final Four. I don't know. Maybe that does make us haters. Does it do something? Does it say something uh, about Grayson Allen and how this thing sort of ended up where it sort of fell on his shoulders? You know, the shot, it goes all the way down. It's it was kind of like Grayson's whole career, you know? It seemed like there was so much... Yeah. Pro- like in 2015 when they won the title with him scoring 15 points or whatever, whatever he did in that game, we're like... This is the face of Duke basketball. This right. kid's going to be here. Yeah, yeah. He's going to lead this team. And then there's been so many times where, like, they're the team now in 2016. Oh, 2017. Watch this there's, team. You just yeah, see them beat Carolina the in the yeah. AC tournament. And then again this year, it was like, this is their time. They finally put it all together. And every single time they fell short for whatever reason. And I think a lot of it was Grayson putting it on himself and onus on himself to be the guy to take over. And uh, Duke basketball is teamwork. It's team basketball. And that's what Kay got away from. That's the whole point. And it's, it's a damn shame, isn't it? No, <laughs> not really. <laughs> um, let's take a break. We'll come back. We're going to talk about our Michigan Wolverines, mm. uh, our family. We our are guys. Our guys. Mm-hmm. 
We are part, If in case you missed it, we are part of the Michigan basketball family at this point. Um, Ohio State fans are losing their minds listening to me say this. I will explain, uh, but, but first, we'll take a break. <laughs> Quick break to get a word from our sponsor, Grasshopper, the burner phone for white people. If you are an entrepreneur, <laughs> a small business owner, or even if you have a side gig, let me introduce you to Grasshopper, the entrepreneur's phone system. Grasshopper lets you run your business from your cell phone while keeping your business and personal life separate. Choose from the huge inventory of local toll-free or vanity toll-free numbers. Simply forward your new number to your mobile phone and start taking calls immediately. It's pretty cool. Whether you're in an office, in your car, or out running errands, Grasshopper's iPhone and Android apps help you stay connected to your customers, not to mention you can do all these things. Send and receive calls and texts from your business phone number. Set up multiple extensions for everyone on your team. Get your voicemails transcribed and emailed to you. Work from anywhere with call forwarding. Make and receive calls from your computer via the desktop app and even utilize Wi-Fi calling. Better yet, Grasshopper offers an easy and instant setup and 24-7 customer support, all without any long-term contracts. Sign up today. Go to grasshopper.com slash shining to get $20 off your first month. That's grasshopper.com slash shining. Let's talk about the Michigan Wolverines. All right, Tate, let's transition to the left side of the bracket. We'll start with the Michigan Wolverines. Uh, we were in Staples Center again for the Elite Eight game, Michigan versus Florida State. I'm taking my analysis cap off. Yep. I'm, I'm just like, let's talk about the experience of, of what it was like to I be a say, part of the Michigan I want to say this Michigan team is destroying <laughs> any ounce of journalistic integrity I had, uh, at least with Ohio State and Indiana, the two teams I, I cheer for the most. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I never pretended to to you know, like you guys knew what you were getting with me. You knew that I was always going to cheer for Ohio state and Indiana. Um, but like as soon as Ohio state and Indiana are, are taken out of championship contention, I, I like to believe that I then take an unbiased approach to the rest of the season. And that's what we're trying to do here. And I'm trying, man, I Mm -hmm. really am. We are, but I'm getting sucked into the Michigan thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, where do we start? We start with the fact that we go, we go to the game, right? Yeah. We're out in Los Angeles folks. Uh, we are watching basketball. We've got media passes now. We're getting treated like real journalists for the first time uh, under the new umbrella of One Shining Podcast. As we go in, people are being very nice, very friendly. We've seen multiple fans come up to Mark Titus and say, that blog that you wrote that time in 2010 about <laughs> that elliptical, that was so important to me. And Mark Titus is like getting fawned over. It's, it's unbelievable. It's like watching Kate Upton go you know, walk around a mall. You know, just people fawning over him, coming up to him, you know, kissing the ring. He just dabbles his rings around. The like final four like Rick James. Went, yeah, the He's final like, four ring because I went to the final four. Yeah, you're doing that. Yeah, yeah. You're letting uh, everyone know. As a division one basketball player. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Continue. <laughs> so it's been great. We're just walking around. We're having a great time. We're meeting people, talking to lots of people. We're at the game. Uh, Florida State's taking on Michigan, which was a fun game. We get Leonard it, Hamilton, yeah. Lenny Hams, going up against our boys in Michigan, going against Beeline, and we get this great first half, right? So we're sitting on press row, we're watching these two teams go at it, we're going back and forth. The uh, the Sports Illustrated kid has a better seat than yeah, we do. He's the, sitting right in front like of us. eight-year-old who Sports Illustrated He's is. like looking back at us, yeah. like trying to flick us off and yeah. stuff, like throwing yeah, he really is, at us. He really is looking back at us, mocking us. He's like, hey. He's like waving to people I'm, in the crowd. <laughs> he's like, look at me. He's like, these guys, like, it, it's crazy. <laughs> I've never been picked on like that. Uh, and it was tough. It hurt my feelings a little bit, but he moves on. Um, um, we get not only that, but we get the whole Florida State team, which is the most intimidating team to see in person. We, we yeah. you called them the airport, the airport team, test. which, I, which, yeah, I, which yeah. I think is a great way to describe them. We get them in front of us in person. We have the Florida State 
fans, the right? Family. The family, the family, the sitting family's right next, to right next yeah. to us. Who's like yelling at ref? The official this entire time has got like a dad right here, a Florida State dad. We don't know who's exactly the dad was. It was like Phil. Co- he's talking to everybody on the team, yeah. you know, and they all seem to have a rapport with him, so we have no idea. But he's also got the official right closest to us. He's got his ear the entire game. He's like, "Come on, we need one call down here," and he's yeah. like turning over to him and winking at him. He's like, "I'll get you one." I'll it get felt you like one. an AAU game because <laughs> yeah, all exactly. the parents were it felt like, like just, a Nike showcase, yeah, you know, like somehow like, yeah. the, the yeah. officials don't really care that much. But like, this is an elite eight elite game. Eight, yeah. It's very casual and low key, which was kind of fitting for Michigan Florida State. We said. It was almost like a football matchup, but now we get this great basketball game. Ninety-five percent, at least, Michigan fans absolutely uh, just overrun all of Los Angeles. They're they're doing the 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 uh, shout out to the Florida State fans who were there when you do the tomahawk chop cheer. You did get oh, that going a little bit, but as soon as they yeah. tried, the Michigan fans, you know, mm-hmm. they're playing about twenty minutes from Ann Arbor. Uh, it's a home game for them, so they do the let's go blue. Let's go blue. Yeah. It sounds like let's I'm, go Duke. It drives listen, me crazy. You're not gonna get me to say those. Yeah, words. I know. So I'm, I'm, happy not, you're I'm not. not taking it that far. I'm yeah. cheering for the. I'm cheering for the guys inside that locker room. Mm-hmm. Everyone else can go to hell. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Which has been a great, you know, revelation it's too. Been, it's been very bizarre for me yeah. because uh, Michigan. I, I, I've I've brought it up a thousand times on here. I, I don't really view them as a rival to Ohio mm-hmm. State, but they are in the Big Ten. They are they are a rival. It's not like a. It's not like I hate these people with all my heart and soul, but it is. It is a rival to teams I like. Um, Mm -hmm. I never imagined a day where I would be cheering for them, Uh, and and the whole the whole go. I'm I'm not even going to say the words, but that whole because because someone could cut it out and just Mm -hmm. you know have my voice saying forever saying go blue. So I'm not I'm not saying that. But they they say those things. They're they're singing the song with the hail to the victors. You can say it. they're doing that whole thing, and it just disgusts me to my core. But then the team that they have is so fun that I just forget. I, 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 as I'm watching the game, I just slowly I become colorblind. I, mm. the, the yellow jersey turns into like a scarlet jersey, and I'm back, and I'm just cheering for the guys. And that, that's where I stand on all this. That's how I rationalize it. And I know that's not good enough. Honestly, I think like the more you, the more time you spend in basketball, and and as you get to know people, and we're we're lucky enough to get to talk to people and go in the locker rooms and you know, just people slide into our DMs and all that kind of stuff. You you slowly realize that like basically every good program is the same. They're all they they all have like fun guys. Like if 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 someone on Villanova listened to the pod and and we, we were in their locker room, I'm sure we'd be riding hard for them as well. I um, hope it's Divincenzo. But you learn like all of this is they're all the same. And you start like you get to a point where you're just like, I just want to cheer for the people that are cool and mm-hmm. less about the team. And that that kind of like sucks. That's 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 the part that sucks about getting older because it's like the the blind tribalism is one of the more fun things about sports. Is you're just like it's us against the world. You thing. just cheer against mm-hmm. the other team, so therefore I hate you. And as I've gotten older, that's sort of subsided. I've become soft. Maybe it's because I live in LA now just for temporarily, but like the LA is wearing off of me. I'm become like a soft West coast guy. I hate myself. But it's also the mission statement of the podcast, which is it's a player's first program. Which, yeah. if you come join yeah. the duffel bag boys, yeah. you come in with us. First of all, you're going to get a duffel bag. You know, yep. there's no telling what could be in that duffel bag. It could just be a duffel bag. There's a duffel bag right next to me. Who's to say? But I will say this: we put the players first. Right. We care about the players, and that's all that matters. Let's, let's talk about, about let's talk about this actual game for a little bit. So the first half was exciting. Uh, I I felt like it was a, it was a defensive first half, but it it you know like it wasn't like an explosive scoring up and down type thing but it felt like the, it was solid basketball being played out there second half not so much mm-hmm. it got very sloppy um a lot of just terrible fouls just i i mean just no flow at all kind of bad basketball um Leonard Hamilton i think w- before we get to the the decision that we should talk about mm-hmm. which is the end of the game 
the the one decision I didn't understand, he puts Kamaji back in the game in the second half. And yes. that's not what lost them the game, but that to me stood out because he starts Kamaji in the game. Kamaji gets circles run around him. This was not a game for him. And then he gets taken out. Like he plays three minutes in the first half. They put him back in. And now I had I was scratching my head at that point. Um that was one thing that stood out to me. But then the other thing with Leonard Hamilton, if we're going to dissect, like, where did this go wrong for Florida State? Uh, it, 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 he had already lost the game, but, like, we, we got to talk about that last decision to not foul. Well, I want to talk about, first of all, with two minutes and 30 seconds left, Duncan Robinson hits a three to take a 10-point lead for Michigan. The program. Yeah, so it goes from, we've got a ball game, folks, to... It's a blowout. It's blowout. That, it's that's, over. Every single game in this tournament, I've been joking to you every single time, like, well, we got us a ball game, or, well, this is a blowout. So we get yeah. the 10-point lead, and it's, you know, <laughs> well, it's a blowout. This one's over. And I feel like, for whatever reason, somehow this happens to Leonard Hamilton. That happens. They're down 230. Duncan Robinson hits a three to go up 10. It felt like Leonard was kind of like, all right, well, this one's over. You know, yeah. he, he kind of felt like we did. was like, well, folks, you know, dagger. we're running out of time. It's not that the game's over. It's just that we're going to run out of time. And from there... Florida State chips back. Savoy starts hitting shots, right? Yeah, they start hitting threes, yeah. and he has a heat check to, to almost tie yeah. the game again. Uh, I think there they were, were down three. There were three. two shots that Florida yeah. State had. One was Kofer in the uh, BJ Savoy was taking in these, the yeah. corner. Mm-hmm. Um, Phil Kofer goes long right in front goes, of us. He yeah. thought that one was in. Yeah, the, so did so did the whole Florida the whole Florida family. State family. They're already celebrating. They're about to start the that Kofer corner three would have tied it, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, he misses that. That was huge. And then uh, Savoy had the one, the heat check from the wing that would have tied it as well. After already hitting another three he had already before. Hit, yeah, yeah, yeah. To cut it to three. Those are big ones. Oh, uh, yeah. So Duncan, friend of the program, hits the, the dagger. We think it's over. They start chipping away. Um, dagger Robinson, as, we're, as we mm-hmm. are calling him, um, he, he has three clutch. One is the corner three that we already brought up. Two, there's the scrum for the ball. The savviest timeout of the tournament. He calls timeout from the other side of the away. world. Yeah. And he gets the timeout somehow. Uh, just, 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 just if, if Jalen Brunson does that, like people are giving him a standing ovation, saying, "Give him the National Player of the Year award now, folks." That is just, that is just oh a heady my. play. <laughs> That's what they do. Rather, oh, oh my. my, what a look call. at this kid! Look at that! Can you believe this kid? Can you believe it? <laughs> the wits on this kid. <laughs> so Duncan does that, and then he hits the clutch free throws yep. at the end to to put him up four. Um. He's he's like a ninety seven percent free throw shooter. Uh, he gets the ball at the end of the game. Leonard Hamilton decides not to foul because Michigan's up four. Duncan has the ball. He just he calls off the dogs and that's it. And I feel like Dunk, Duncan put so many daggers in Florida State that Leonard Hamilton was like, I'm just gonna lose my mind here and not even try to extend this game, even though everyone's like, I, so l- let's dive in. Let's dive into this decision <laughs> to, to to not foul. Um, I've seen a lot of people saying it doesn't matter. He had there was basically no chance at all. Mm-hmm. They're down four. There's what eight seconds left. Yeah, you have a ninety percent free throw shooter. He's going to. He's probably hitting. Just them made both. two free throws before. Just made two free throws. You missed. He gets the rebound. Now he has the ball. And you Chances go. are you're going to be down six with eight seconds to go. That's that's very hard to come back from. To which I say it is not impossible. We just saw Virginia against, against Louisville. Louisville. Yes, they were down five with what point nine point nine or down four with point <laughs> nine. Down, yeah. down four with point nine. Yeah. Down four with point nine, and they won mm-hmm. in regulation. They also lost to a 16 seed in case. <laughs> <laughs> Bad example. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, so we, we've seen this happen before. So, like, I think that was the part that was jarring to a lot of people is, is just this idea of giving up. Like, if, if you have 0.000001% chance of winning and you give up, mm-hmm. I think for most people, they don't like it, especially the lead eight on the, you know, final four berth on the line, all that kind of stuff. Um, but I, I sort of understand the, like, 
why extend the game? Like some people maybe make the argument, old Lenny Duffels was just being classy. He's like, we, we're not going to win. I, there's no point in dragging this it's out. It's the opposite of that. It's the opposite of what's, that. What's your, what do you got to say? He had a, I mean, and I, I had, I used to have a very bad attitude when I lose things. <laughs> I, I, I completely understand where Lynn Hamilton to? was coming from. Yeah, still do. Uh, he was down. The game was over in his mind. He didn't want to go put Duncan on the line to get up six. It was fine. He knew his team wasn't going to come back. He was just trying to get back to the locker room. He yeah. did like the, I have an attitude and I'm pissed that this game worked out and played out this way. He was upset about the officiating. They, I mean, the whole Florida State bench the entire game. It was like a back and forth between the fans over here and the bench just yeah. trying to argue for every single call, especially late in the game. So he was already frustrated. So he just basically called the dogs off and was like, let's get out of here. We've gotten screwed out of this game. We've only scored 54 points. Want, you know, I, I'm, I'm done with this, basically. He didn't want the zoomed-in shot of him, like, dejected on yeah. the sideline. He didn't want he a live look. Yeah, live look. At, yeah, he did <laughs> not want to be the live look meme. Yeah. He's just like, let's just get this thing over he was, with. He was like, we're done. We got screwed out of this Which, game, all, so we're done. All of this makes sense to me, and all of it's defensible, because, like, again, you could look at it and say, who cares? They were probably going to lose anyway. But what becomes confusing to me was then the post-game fallout. When he gets asked about it and just how so Dana, out of it he yeah. is, Dana, he wasn't. He almost wasn't even. It wasn't like he was defensive. It wasn't like, Coach, why didn't you foul? And he was like, Here's why. Boom, boom, boom. The game was over. Who cares? Who get? He was like, What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. What was it? What, what happened? He was like, The game was over. Well, I thought the game was over, wasn't it? Was it? And they're like, No, it was four. With it, he's like, Was it? What? What? He was acting like they were down 14 and yeah. the game was over. And I, and I say that all that to say was I think he was literally so heated about there – right. there were two bad foul calls in their mind. I saw their assistant coaches going crazy about it. Right. I think they were all so upset that they kind of just lost themselves in like what was actually happening on the floor and they were already so strung out by what happened that they were just, just ready to get out of there. And then he kind of has an attitude towards Dana and it becomes like – In, in thing, the media yeah. scrum, everyone's coming up to him like, did you see the Leonard mm, post did game? You, did you yeah. hear about this? Did you see what Leonard was doing? He seemed very upset. Had no idea what was going on and then he goes to the next to the podium where everyone right. all the media are there and they're asking him questions and he still doesn't give a really good answer as to why they didn't foul and it's one thing not to foul and call the dogs off it's another thing not to have a reason because then people exactly. have even bigger questions they're like so you just did this like your team just decided to quit and then he put exactly. out a statement today being like you know i i apologize for I how take I full responsibility <laughs> however it was not my fault <laughs> The classic sign, Rick Pitino. <laughs> um, <laughs> My, the best apologies. Yeah, in I think I think that's the the concern I have is like if if you knew what you were doing and you have an explanation, if you just stand by it, then that's fine. But yeah, that was that was just a little confusing. Again, I mean, who, are, day, who are we to say what he should have done or like you know if he didn't right. want to extend the game, it's fine. But to not know that you were down four, it, it, was, it, just, it was just it was weird, just perplexing. It, yeah, yeah. I'm not I'm not saying this guy fired this man. I'm not saying what a shitty coach or anything like that. It was just more like. It was just bizarre. It was just a little head scratcher. That's all it was. Um, speaking of the media scrum, let's let's give in. Let's play a little inside baseball here and, mm. and tell the people mm. uh, how we went about. Can we call it inside basketball? Inside basketball. I've always hated how baseball gets to baseball, own that phrase. Yeah, I know. It's like everybody that's has inside sports, talks. That's where sports journalism started, though. I know. Um, <laughs> Grantland Rice. How do we stop that guy? Oh, the old Big East oh, journalism. Yeah. <laughs> Grantland. Go read those oof, columns, folks. Oof, oof. Written on notebook paper <laughs> or papyrus. We're not sure. So Tate and I get into the Michigan locker room as we do because mm-hmm. we have media passes mm-hmm. and we can get anywhere we want. Um, so we're back there in the Michigan locker room. And the, I, t- I say that to say there's a big moment that happens where the Michigan SID says two minutes left and we're still hobnobbing. We're mm-hmm. still we're still chopping it up with the players. So, you know, as uh, we're, we're part of the family now. Mm-hmm. We've been welcomed mm-hmm. in. Um, we were this close to getting on the stage. We decided we almost, not to. Are we getting a ring, do you think? I don't know. We we'll talk. Talk. We'll, we'll talk. talk to him. We'll, we'll, talk we'll to see him in San Antonio. Yeah. Um, and then the two minutes passes, and they're saying, media, out, all mm-hmm. of you. 
get out of our face. We want to celebrate. Mm-hmm. We want to, as a team, all mm-hmm. have fun. Get mm-hmm. out of here. Guess what Tate and I do? Mm-hmm. We don't leave. Nope. We stay there. We're we're chopping it up with Duncan. We're now wearing Michigan jerseys at this point. Yeah, we're 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 talking to Duncan Robinson again, friend of the program, about his experience, and we're like, "Hey, man, remember that time that you you won?" And he's like, "It was Ooh, awesome. I remember. Ooh, I remember. It was awesome." <laughs> we're like, "Yeah, it was awesome, man." And he's like, "Yeah, it was." And it we was just kind of awesome. went back and forth saying that a hundred <laughs> times. Um, but the point is, Tate, we were not kicked out with the rest of the media. Mm-hmm. Ipso facto, if I'm if I understand this correctly, we are now part of the family, and and now like I've been indoctrinated into this whole thing and I'm cheering for Michigan to win it all. And we have maize and blue on as as no, we're, as calm down. Again, it's, I'm not wearing them. No, I'm not wearing the colors. I'm cheering for the guys and I'm cheering for my family. My guys. My your guys, guys. Our my, guys. Our guys. Our guys. Our guys. In the locker room. Yeah. Uh, one of which, can do you want to introduce the people to your new nickname that you've come up with for uh for the for the star of this tournament for Michigan? Oh, what do you mean? Uh, for Jordan Oh, Swaggy Pool. Yeah, yeah. Swaggy Pool. Yeah. Okay. I, I thought you know I, I, was going I, I called Wagner another another okay. name. We'll, we'll get to Wagner in a second, <laughs> but do the Swaggy a Pool thing. A good name, a good name, I'm sure. Tell your Swaggy Pool story. Uh, so basically, Swaggy Pool, I think I told him the last podcast before the game when he missed all the shots. We all yeah. watched this. The guy has no conscience. It, like Nothing has affected him in this entire tournament. He plays what, four minutes or six <laughs> minutes at least, but he gets like a standing ovation as he gets put in the game. So they take livers out. Beeline's like, first of all, Poole was on the bench celebrating a three. He was like dancing. It was so funny. He was like swagging back and forth and everyone's like on the bench not doing that. It's just him doing that. Beeline looks at him. He's like, get up, go get your ass in the game for yeah, livers. Yeah, use that energy for something good <laughs> instead of dancing. It's like, go play defense yeah. for once. So he goes to the game. He like thanks the crowd. You know, like when a baseball player comes out and they tip of the cap or they get their 3,000th hit. Like that's what Poole does checking into this he game. He was Kobe on his last game and <laughs> Stable center. He comes he starts in. waving to the crowd. Everyone's like, Jordan, Jordan. And then he gets into the game and everyone's so excited. He plays about four minutes. I think he misses a shot. He has like a terrible defensive possession. He has a defensive lap, gets beats on a backdoor cut. It, he gets pulled directly from the game, unaffected, just gets back out, and still waving all, at people. When it comes time to cut down the nets, the yes. biggest ovation. Was yes. for Jordan Poole. <laughs> People went nuts. It was as if this man has willed. It's like he's Kimball Walker of Michigan. He's willed this team all the way to the Final Four. Everyone's so excited. And, and the best part about it is we got to see the difference between the other guys. So, like, you see Abdurrahman climb up. Everyone's like, you know, yeah. nice little, like, yeah. senior, yeah, our senior, our best player. We yeah, like okay. him. And then, like, Wagner gets up there last, puts a net, you know, around his neck. Everyone's like, yeah, way to go, Wagner. But when Poole, it's like, they erupt. <laughs> they just erupt. And I've called him Swaggy Poole because I've never understood Swaggy Poole. And how like he's been able to just finesse his entire you know NBA career, especially going back to his Wizards days. And I feel like Jordan Poole has the same gene where he is, he's just so yeah. unaffected by everything. He has no conscience. He makes shots somehow, and people. Love I know him. nothing about the NBA, but when you brought up uh, Swaggy Poole, um, I don't know just, if anyone's made, ever called him yeah. that. By the way, so I'm it calling him Swaggy Poole. I, I don't even follow really the NBA, but I know enough about Swaggy P. Nick Young. Nick Young's isn't the real name, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Exactly. I know enough about Nick yeah. Young. To know that Swaggy Pool is is a great nickname because they they have very similar vibes to me as well. And my favorite thing also is I I just Google Jordan Pool on Twitter just to kind of see where he's at, like what's going on. And the first thing that pops up is Jordan Pool responds to the many DMs he's gotten since he hit the <laughs> shot. And like that's I mean that's just exactly what I want from Jordan Pool. You know, don't talk about going to the Final Four yeah. and what it means to you as a basketball player. Talk about all the DMs Slide you've gotten. The DMs, yeah. yeah, we we Swaggy were worried. Pool. We. I, we almost volunteered our services to Michigan's team to keep an eye on Swaggy Pool. Yeah, we had no idea what he did in L.A. That they night. stayed in L.A. after they won, and we were like, 
is someone going to keep an eye on this guy? They were even concerned. Yeah. They were like, yeah, we have no idea what Jordan will do. We just hope he's on the plane tomorrow morning. My God, we have to get back to Ann Arbor. He's, he is he 100% fits the bill of of a fret. Like, he's only a freshman. Yes. And he hits he the biggest braces, shot. I think. Yeah, he hits the biggest <laughs> shot in this tournament. Um, yeah. Could potentially catapult Michigan to a national championship. Uh-huh. He 100% fits the bill of a guy who the fans are going to turn on when he's a senior. Like, mm-hmm. he's a senior and he's averaging like eight and a half points a game and two and a half turnovers. And everyone's like, I want to hate this kid, but like, and then he, other, he and did then, hit the shot. And then everyone's like, dude, he hit the shot. You can't say bad things about him. They're like, I know, I know. He did hit the shot. God, <laughs> ugh. Like, that's, I wish he didn't. <laughs> that feels like his destiny. Yeah. I hope not. Like, I hope, we hope he has a good career. It'd be, think, it'd be fun. But uh, I think the best thing about Jordan Poole is that. I don't think he's going to be affected basketball-wise by hitting the shot. He may no. be affected off yeah, the court. Yeah, off the court is- <laughs> basketball-wise, he's not going to be affected, which is all good. That's the good news. Um, do you want, do you want to go in on Wagner or no? You Let's talk that? about two of the media stars of this yeah. tournament. First, Wagner, Morris Wagner. In this game, he has a horrible game. I mean, we're, we're game. watching this whole time, and we're kind of waiting for he, him to he get He fell on KOC's big board. He fell from <laughs> 1 to 1A or 1B, I believe. 1B. He fell from 1A to it's 1B. It's 1B, 1B.1. Yeah. It's, it's not all the way down to C. He hasn't quite got there yet. He will be. Uh, Wagner in this game is trying to get the crowd involved. He's doing the whole, like, you know, get everybody hyped up. He's, like, biting on his, you know, mouthpiece. He's he's bouncing around. Like, he would get fouled, and he would all, all of a sudden, sudden start like throwing the fist pump like basically yeah. he's leaning in hard to being the star of this Michigan team of like I'm going to be in every single one shining moment montage that anyone will make right. because I've had so many moments where I'm like grimacing or smiling or like winking at the ref like he's doing all these little things to get attention to the camera right and we at this program or at least me at this program I'm not always a fan of that I usually call them mm. media You're an old school guy yeah yeah yeah, yeah. media whores you know that, that, <laughs> It's got the same initials, MW, and that, Ooh, that I, like was that. Like, I was like, he's being Checks a little out. bit about that. You know, that's that's what he's doing in this tournament, and it, I, I don't know if you feel the same way. That's just kind of well, how I feel about he, it. He's definitely a stolen Valor guy. Yeah. We need we need to say that. Again, he's part of our family, our yes, Michigan basketball yes, family, yes. so we're, uh, we're, I'm we're not coming talking, from a place of yes, love, yes. but he is a stolen Valor guy. I don't um, want him to get caught up in the cameras and the glitz and gram- where glamour of everything, you know? Somebody hits a big shot. This happened in the Big Ten tournament where Duncan... Gets, yeah. a, gets a huge and one. I think it was against, it was either against Michigan State or Purdue, one of those games. Gets a huge and one, and Duncan, like his momentum, he shoots the layup and he kind of curves out towards the sideline. And as he's facing the sideline, he like starts flexing or like kind of celebrating. And then Wagner comes and just cuts <laughs> him off and starts looking at the sideline too. And he's flexing and pointing he to the crowd. Right in front of him. And, you know, yeah. and you're like, what the? He hit the shot. Get out of the way. We're trying to see the guy who hit the shot. Um, Wagner does have a little bit of that in him. Uh, but. Maybe, I, I guess you spin it this way. Maybe that's a good thing for Michigan. Maybe, like, you know you're going to the Final Four. There are going to be a ton of distractions. Uh, we're going to have media day where there's just going to be cameras. That you're going to fly in people from probably all over the world. There's going to mm-hmm. be, like, other people, fl- you know. There's going to be a ton of media distractions. If you're John Beeline, you can say, everybody just go talk to Wagner. He loves it. Just, like, he lives point, point him there. Yeah. And then the rest of the guys don't have to deal with stuff that they don't really want to deal with. They don't want to have to do the interviews and all the distractions. They can just focus on playing basketball. And Wagner can keep going two for 13 from the field and do all the interviews. And, and who's one of those guys? The best player on their team, Charles Duncan Matthews. Robinson. Oh, okay. oh, yeah. Duncan, Duncan Robinson. Duncan uh, Robinson. Yeah, Charles yeah. Matthews. Charles Matthews, we talked about Michigan this entire time. We haven't even brought up his name. He has 17 points. He's the best player on the court for their team. Yeah. He's guarding their four. He was guarding Phil Kofer at one point. Yeah. I mean... He's all over he's the incredible. place. He's great. He had, I said he was my... He's I, like a 6'6 six, six point guard. I'm really upset at how well he's playing because this was supposed to happen next year. He was my... I think it was like a month or two big ago. Big 10 sleeper I said, for next year, yeah. He's my Big 10 2018-19 Big 10 Player of the Year sleeper. Um, And I'm a little worried that he's not even going to be in the Big 10. Actually, I'm not worried at all because get his ass out of here and live. I think he's going to the NBA. Help Ohio State out. But uh, 
Yeah, that pick looked really sharp, and it's looking better every day, but it's almost looking too good at this point because, yeah, he, he might be bound for the NBA at this point. And you asked a great question as we're at the game. We're seeing Charles yeah. Matthews, and he's yeah. making all these layups, making all these shots, and you're like, is this Cal's guy? I was, I was waiting for it. For those who don't know, Charles Matthews went to Kentucky initially. He was a mm-hmm. five-star recruit, mm-hmm. went to Kentucky, then transferred to Michigan. And so the the, the question was, was Cal going to fire off a tweet, like, proud of my guy, Charles Matthews making the Final Four? Yeah, another we, Final Four for the, for uh, the Cats. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> we did it. Strive for nine. <laughs> bring it home. Bring, bring that title back to Lexington, Charles. We, we believe in you. We want you back. Come on, Charles. Uh, congrats to Michigan. We will be down in San Antonio mm-hmm. uh, cheering, cheering Michigan on. I apologize again to any to, to the Michigan family for preemptively giving you the kiss of death because Michigan does have to play the the blessed team, the chosen team, um, the Loyola. Is it? I want to say Ramblers. Mm-hmm. Is it? Is it the, the Loyola Wildcat? The Loyola. I think it's Ramblers. I think it's Ramblers. Think it's Let's sisters. stick with that. Uh, Loyola. Do do you want to start with Sister Jean? Are are we contractually obligated as people who talk about college basketball to uh, the very first name we have to mention when bringing up Loyola is Sister Jean? Yes, we're con- contractually yeah, obligated. We first off, Sister Jean, honest woman, wonderful woman, just yep. a, a, a pious person, someone that's good for the game. But, it's good to have her in the building at here, all these games. Here comes the but. But she's got a little bit of Wagner in her. You know, Wagner, Ooh, Wagner, yeah. Wagner is leaked over in a sister Jean. And I think sister Jean has corrupted Wagner. Actually. I think it's the other way around. Sister Jean is everywhere. She cannot be stopped. We know she's an international star. We know that she now has some sort of backup bracket. Like, could you imagine just, right. just the audacity of someone that was one of your friends or even your pastor, let's say, and you had a pool and you all filled out your brackets and you're getting screwed and everyone's doing, well, there goes my bracket. And they're all like <laughs> high-fiving and laughing at each other. And then someone in your group is named Sister Jean and she's got this bracket and it's just, you know, she has this team losing the Sweet 16 and it's all over. She's out of the tournament. And she's like, well, I got me a backup bracket. And it's like, what are you talking about, Sister Jean? You can't have a backup bracket. She's apparently got some backup bracket yeah. that's got Loyola winning the whole thing. That's your that's your real bracket. Then you can't a do couple, this back and forth. I don't like it. A couple thoughts. She's a uh, flip flopper. I, I don't hate Sister Jean as much as you do. I you don't s- hate you her. Said the I'm words, just saying. I hate this woman. <laughs> you said to me in private, I hate this woman. <laughs> I said, how do we stop her? How I'm do joking. We stop her? I'm joking. Um, she puts the one, god in Godzilla. Think, she cannot I think be stopped. Anytime, any anybody that's like critic, like a lot of people are doing like it, the ed, super edgy. F Chris Sister G. Yeah, well, like, I'm not doing we're, that. We're not, we're not taking it that far. Um, but the people that come to her defense mm. do so as though she is super innocent. L- l- let's call a spade a spade here. She, she pops. She's she talking talks- shit. She's she definitely talking shit. She's like, I'll see you in San Antonio. Yeah. It's like, uh, well, maybe not, Sister Jean. Yeah, she, she was talking, she talks a lot of shit, which is, it's fun. It's all fun. We're, we're, we're in agreement. It's fun. But she's not completely innocent in all of this. Like, she is talking a little bit of shit. Um, number two, the frustration I have with the whole Sister Jean thing is that I know exactly as much about Sister Jean on, what is today, March 25th, mm-hmm. as I did when the tournament started on March, what, what day that was? March 12th. <laughs> March 12th. Yes. There you go. Mm-hmm. In two weeks, I have learned nothing about Sister Jean other than she's old. She likes Loyola basketball. That's it. And That's she all was we know. 43 in 1963. And this man has... <laughs> I learned that. 
There is no way in hell she was 43 in 1963. She has had had every microphone shoved in her face and every camera, and it's not her fault, um, but what are we doing as a journalism community? Can Can we learn anything about her? Like, it's the same story over and over, and that's the frustration to me is that I know nothing else about her. We're going to get the same treatment in the Final Four. Everyone's going to shove the camera in her face, take the microphone, and be like, so, sister, how about Loyola? This is wild, isn't it? And she's like, yeah, it's wild, but I think those boys are going to do it. And then it was like, ooh, sister which, with a little sad. Which is the whole problem because she says, I hope these boys will do it. I hope the Ramblers do it. It's like, how about you say, I want Clayton Custer to make a layup for us. Yeah. I want Towns to hit a big shot That's for us. I love for Ingram to have a big game for us. Where are the players? That's the other frustration. And we're players for the program. Someone, someone pointed this out to me on Twitter, and it blew my mind that what if Loyola is winning because they're good at basketball and not because of Sister Jean? And I, I never thought about it that way until after I saw that tweet. Um, good but then point. It, it didn't all start making it. And then like, mm-hmm. I went back and I re- rewatched the Kansas State game. I was like, whoa, that actually makes a lot of sense. That these guys, they, they run, as, as a certain Ringer employee said, the most advanced offense in college basketball. Yes. Um, <laughs> Something that we've never seen before. Even though the best team in the country, Virginia, all season long, has literally played this exact style of basketball, which is yeah. limit possessions, yeah. dictate when we take shots, and make sure we make the most out of every possession we have. It all, comes, it all comes back to Virginia with us, that uh, <laughs> everyone's loving Loyola. When <laughs> Everyone, Virgi- yeah. they, they, they took the Virginia game plan of yes. just play great defense, yes. play team offense. Um, but yeah, the, the, the team is good. They, they do play good basketball. No one wants to talk about them. And that is another frustration with the whole Sister Jean thing. Um, you and I don't even really talk about them. But Custard, great player. Ben Richardson, mm-hmm. they're high school teammates. Yes. How fun is that? Ben Richardson had, what, like 21 points in that game? He, missed, he, yeah. missed, he made every single shot he took. I, I've never seen anything like they got it. The, they got the big dude, the freshman big dude. I forget his name. Kurtwig. Kurtwig, yeah. who's like basically Karnowski. Karnowski 2.0. He's just a big barrel-chested dude that mm-hmm. goes to his left hand all the time, but somehow it works, and it like bar- it barely skims over the rim every single one of those baby hooks he throws yeah. up. He's just um, using his butt to box they, out people like a but monster. But Loyola, like, they are actually kind of fun to watch. Like they they move the ball. They play. They remind me of Butler. That's the the Butler teams that went to the national title game. Um, that's the vibe I get when I watch them. They are. They, they've they've completely stolen that model of just lock down on defense, limit possessions, and move the ball on offense. And they they were dicing Kansas State up all game. It was fun to watch. And I will say this: the reason that I think we have gone on the against Sister Jean, or at least I have personally, is because. We haven't. It's like a cop out. It's like nobody right. wants to watch Loyola play, and I don't care what people say. We had this guy sitting next to us at the game that was like, "Oh, the the, the ratings will be huge with Loyola in the Final Four. No, Everyone wants won't. to watch the underdog." And it's like Loyola, Florida eh. State would would have gotten like eleven hundred viewers. Yeah, maybe. yeah, if all they, of them in the greater Chicago area yeah. and down south in uh, yeah Tallahassee, Tallahassee for some. But Porter Moser. This guy's 49 no years old. Even, he's like one of the hottest coaches in the country. He takes this team to the Final Four for the first time since 1963. I feel Nobody like, even brings his name up. I feel up. like he's hot now, um, but when they made the Elite Eight, he was still not like, it's It's like Pittsburgh, we have a job yeah. opening. Who should we go after? And like, you don't mention it. I'm not saying they should hire the guy. I mean, he's he's obviously, you know, he's been around a little while. This is obviously the best he's ever done. All that kind of stuff. Like, you don't want to overreact to one season. But you do that with every other candidate. Mm-hmm. We're doing that with Dan Hurley. Yeah. Dan Hurley hasn't done shit in his career except, like, make two. and He's never made a Sweet 16 in his life, and everyone's, like, losing their goddamn minds over Dan Hurley. Can we, can we do the same to Porter Moser? Can he get that treatment? Yeah. 
That's what I'm saying. And now we're seeing all the stories come out. Like I, I saw Zinger, the Kansas AD. He was at Illinois State and he fired Porter Moser. And he's like, come out. There was some column. I just pulled it up because I was like, I just, the headline was funny enough to me. Just that now these people are coming out. I was like, I can't believe I didn't see yeah. it. And <laughs> Whoops! Like, oh, yeah, Bill, Bill, that was a bad call by me. Thank God I have Bill Self take me to the Final Four. Uh, I just don't understand how, like, we can't talk about the team. We can't talk about Porter Moser. We can't talk about how fun it is that a sleeping giant like Loyola, a team that has won a national title. Just wait till they get we, their Chicago recruits. Can, can we reiterate that? They have won a national title. There's so many programs that haven't yeah. won national titles, but somehow we've talked about Sister Jean the entire time, and it's on us. Yeah. I don't like it. So Loyola, Michigan is going to be – so I, I think the final what, – what makes this final four – especially intriguing to me beyond I mean we have we have a blue blood in Kansas yeah. we have obviously the Cinderella in Loyola we have like the the up and come like the new boot blue blood a lot of people throwing that term around for Villanova uh and then we have like Michigan who actually has, is a great program not really blue blood status but like you know it's like every tier you have the top of the top like Villanova is a program is probably a tier down, even though they've been the best program in college basketball the last few years. But you have to win the titles to get yourself like yeah. it's like Michigan State. It's like but, Michigan State is a blue blood, not because they're blue, but because they're in the echelon. But they only have two titles, so they don't quite right. get to that next level. Oh, so Villanova we, have, we have a little bit of everything. You got the you got all We're levels all of it. But also you look at the two individual games we we have Loyola, Michigan, kind of the same sort of team, mm-hmm. not in terms of personnel necessarily. And two of the hottest teams in the tournament. Yeah. Two of the four hottest teams, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> I think all Loyola, these teams are hot. Folks, I don't want to say this, but I think Loyola has a shot to Shout win this thing. Shout out to Seth Davis for that team. Yeah, that was awesome. Anybody else feel like Loyola might have a chance to win this thing? I feel <laughs> Guys, like they're one of the I four teams. I don't want to go out on a limb here, but I think they might the have Ramblers a chance. have a shot. They, they win two more games. Yeah. It could get interesting. Could but uh, you look at these games. Loyola, Michigan. Michigan's the same way. Um, mm-hmm. Want to play defense. Want The team offense. Like, you don't know who's going to – like Charles. it was Charles Matthews against Florida State. Sometimes it's Wagner. Sometimes it's Duncan. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's Abdul Rahman. Mm-hmm. They have they they play team offense. That's not their mo. They don't worry about offense. It's usually it, not Swaggy Pool. It's very, it's very strange to say that about a Michigan team, but that's where we've arrived. Where they play lockdown defense. That's their calling card every time, every game they're in. Uh, and then they try to to they want to play a little slower. Not not Virginia slow, but they're trying to value possession, get a good shot. Same thing with Loyola. So we're going to have like those sorts of styles. That's that's one game. Other game, Villanova-Kansas, we already kind of talked about that. How they feel like they're the exact same team in terms of just how their makeup and their approach to the game. Yeah, it's the it's the East version of Kansas and then the Midwest Midwest version yeah. of Villanova, basically. So it's going to... That, in, that, in that regard, the, the final four we do have is pretty awesome because it's... It, it, both games, the teams are going to be trying to do the exact same thing, more or less. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess the winner is going to be whoever does it better, Tate. That's what usually happens. That's how we're. That's, that's we're the beauty out. of basketball. Not really in this tournament. So though. the final four is set. Do you have any parting thoughts? I just will say this. I know people will be upset about the Coach K thing. Um, are you? Are, hold on. Are you? Are you trying to soften this? No. Okay. I'm trying to go a step further. Okay. <laughs> this was a disappointment. A severe disappointment. I don't care what anyone says at Duke. I don't care if Coach K comes out and says that he's proud of his guys and the year that they had. Coach K is upset. He's disappointed and he expected more. And I think he's gonna go I think he's gonna revert back to his old ways. He's gonna get fired. Oh, oh no, his back's gonna hurt. He's not gonna do this anymore. He's tired of this. He's done with this. Do do you think that is there a world where Coach K retires ever? No. So he's gonna he's just gonna step away or something, is what you're saying, but come back. No, I'm telling you right now. What what are you saying? I don't understand what you're saying. I'm saying right now. 
Coach K, Spell if you're, if you're RJ Barrett, if you're okay. Zion Williamson, if you're Cam Reddish, if you're any of those guys going to that program next year, if you think it's going to be a cakewalk and you're just going to walk around like the big man on campus and Coach yep. K is going to pat you on the back and say, good job. You think you're going to get that D on your chest. We got it's not going to happen. No. He's going to turn up that heat in Cameron Indoor so Oof. high that you feel like you're in the middle of hell and you're going to run so much. It's going to be great. I, I think Coach K is going to go back to that. Interesting. I want him to. Interesting. Bring it back, Kay. Um, get tough again. My 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 final thought. Uh, someone tweeted at us. Uh, I, I it was too good. I forgot to say it earlier when we were talking about Sister Jean. Uh, with theory, and I'm sorry to the guy who did this. Um, that I don't remember your Twitter name, but it's probably it for was the so best. good. Yeah, it's probably for the best. And I'm not publicly saying your Twitter name. Mm-hmm. Trust me. You don't want you don't want the you don't want this. You don't want you don't want the the the, the people of the internet to come <laughs> after you. But uh, he says, "Are we sure?" That Sister Jean is not Rick Pitino pulling a Mrs. Doubtfire so he can still stay in the game. That was a joke. And it's pretty damn good. That's a good joke. That's a good joke. That was not our joke. I want to reiterate that. S- search the mentions if you want to find the guy who tweeted that, but shout out to that guy. That was a good one. I'm buying into that. That would be funny. Pitino, Pitino can do it. Loyola wins. You roll out Sister Jean. Uh-huh. They're all holding up the trophy. Confetti's mm-hmm. coming off. Sister Jean stands up, rips off the mask. <laughs> And it's old Slick Rick. <laughs> and he says, I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> and that's and the end. A, and then an NCAA official comes out and says, Rick, you can't do this. And he's like, what? I had no idea. Yeah. Well, do what? I what are you talking about? I take full responsibility, but... I'm sorry. I take I'm, full, yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't, do, I didn't mean to do this. Now that I invoked Patino again... Um, this this was the year the the 2013 banner went down. Yes. That Louisville had their banner rescinded. The mm. Michigan fan said... Give us the banner. We were to which two. I said, Michigan fans, just go away forever. <laughs> just please shut up. Wagner, stop just shooting just threes. Shut, just yeah, Michigan fans, just just stop it. Um, but for the Michigan again, the people like for John Beeline, that's mm-hmm. it. That's the only guy I like in all this. Michigan fans, Mr. March. Michigan fans can suck it. Uh, but John Beeline, who you know, he he feels like maybe I should own. I should have got that 2013 banner. That'd be cool if he wins it in the same year. That the whole thing, yeah, happened. that'd be it's, cool. It'd be so, very poetic. That's it. The final four set. We will be back on Tuesday, Wednesday, Monday, Tuesday, Tuesday. Tuesday. We'll be back on Tuesday, uh, doing a more of a, a final four preview, less of a reaction to the Elite Eight games. Less. We will watch the Coach K talk out. We mm-hmm. will. We will only look ahead to what what is to come. Um, we we will be here doing another podcast on Tuesday. Check that out. Tate and I are going to San Antonio. If you're making plans to go down there, keep your eye, keep your head on a swivel for for the Duffel Bag Boys in tuxedos. Mm-hmm. We, Little little spoiler alert. We, little tease. We rented tuxedos. We're going to be wearing them the entire time we're down there. We're not packing anything else. Because um, you have to dress to impress. This is yeah. our first time on TV. We're going to dress to impress. So, yeah, we'll, we'll be down at the Final Four. Uh, but And we will be back on Tuesday doing a podcast. Um, but until then, save the crew.